2: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
4: Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and myself, LeVar Arrington. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or... <laughs> yeah! Throw my bird out! Up throw, up, throw
3: them hooks up, Birdo. <laughs> Two pros in a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. It's LaVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates all across the country and wherever you are making us a part of your Monday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We're going to take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific, and we do it all live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there An unmatched selection fast. Free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So the Buffalo Bills get back on track. I think there's probably two conversations that could be had here. Number one is the Bills get a massive win after things did not look good early on, after the heartbreaking loss they suffered to the Dolphins a week ago. Also, the decision by the Baltimore Ravens to go for it on fourth and goal from the two-yard line as opposed to taking the points in unkind conditions and uh, their Buffalo gets the ball back, goes down the field, uh, kicks a field goal to win the game. And so, of course, uh, there's that discussion to be had. So to take a pick a card, any card. We want to talk Bills or we want to go in the direction of what I, the Ravens are thinking?
5: I, I, I don't know. I mean, the Ravens was a thing to me that watching I was like, huh, all right, like you're at home. You figure you kind of rely on that. I guess you can make that argument both ways, though. You know, because if you don't get the fourth down, do you really expect Buffalo to drive back down the field in those conditions at home and kick a field goal? But this is arguably one of the best offenses in the NFL. And your defense hadn't played that well this season up until really that game. So I I, I can see how you go for it, though. I think I think the reason why I wouldn't is because I think points were hard to come by in that game, given the conditions and everything else. And why not take the three points and being at home and then see if they can go down and even tie it up to get a field goal, let alone everything else. I mean, all you're basically doing is giving them, what, maybe 20 yards less a field position? I just... I, I've seen it too too many times where I feel like, you know, you, you try to go for it, you overplay your hand, and you think that that's going to stop you. And who knows, maybe Buffalo drives down and ties up with a touchdown. I mean, the way, the way that whole thing went, the way they orchestrated the end of the game, they could have scored a touchdown if they wanted to. I mean, it, it really didn't matter. They won by a field goal, but they, they could have scored a touchdown at the end. They just played it in a manner in which they didn't even allow Baltimore to get the football back. And so that was a master class on you know, execution at the end of a game, whereas if they wanted to score a touchdown, they could have. So it doesn't matter what decision they made, at best, even if they score on the fourth down, they're going into overtime because Buffalo would have came back and tied them. And if they kick the field goal, you know, you're still probably at least losing, if not you know tying and going into overtime. I, just, I think at the end of the day, it really didn't matter, but we'll try to make a bigger deal about it.
3: Uh, John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach, of course, was asked about the decision after the game.
5: Well, I felt like it gave us the best chance to win the game because seven, the worst that happens is if they go down the field and score. And I think we'll get them stopped. But if they go down the field and score a touchdown, the worst thing that can happen is that you're in overtime. But... You kick a field goal there, now it's not a three-down game anymore. It's a four-down game. You're, you're putting them out there. You're putting your defense at a disadvantage because they've got four downs to convert all the way down the field and a chance to, again, score seven, and then you you lose the game on a touchdown. So and then the worst thing, the other thing, you think you're going to get the ball at the two-yard line. So I'm very confident in our defense. Defense's ability to stop them down there with the ball on the two-yard line. So we got them backed up. If we don't get it, it didn't turn out that way, unfortunately, and we lost the game. So hindsight, you could take the points. But... If you look at it analytically, I understand why we did it. Hmm. So there's that
3: analytics. That, that, that's the uh, that's the answer to that. I so. mean, a
4: lot of coaches use that anymore. <sighs> All right, I mean the, the probability, the percentages, well, the uh, it, yeah, it, analytics, it's,
5: it's the probability to win. Like like they'll, they'll, he'll say, hey, in that moment, you know, the the if we score a touchdown there, our win probability goes up astronomically, and that's what he's talking about. Like you're making decisions not to prolong the game, but to win the game. And and like I said, I I have no problem. You could go either way with it. It's just at the end of the day, it it didn't matter because your defense hasn't played that well, uh, and and didn't in that final drive. Like that was the biggest difference.
4: I I would say just super, super simply, two yards, Lamar Jackson, and 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 probability. Like to me,
5: you didn't like the play call.
4: I didn't like the play call. Okay. I mean, I, I would have well, done something different that didn't put him in a position where he was going in the opposite direction of of the end zone. And I know they didn't mean for that to happen that way, but, I, I mean, it's Lamar Jackson. You got two yards to go. Like, come on.
5: Did, did you guys see at the end of the game how the defense for Baltimore kind of played it? Marcus Peters was irate. Yeah, he was best. Well, It looked like half the group wanted to let the Bills score, and the other half was like still trying to make a tackle with a set up to kick the field goal to win it, and it was there was almost a sense of, hey, let's let him score and give you know Lamar back some time so he can try to respond to this. And even as as doubtful as it seems, I think even the defense knew like, hey, this is dying a slow death at this point, just to let their field goal kicker come out or what Tyler Bass's name, yeah, uh, to come out and hit this thing to go win it. So that that's another interesting part of it is I remember watching like arena league games back in the day, and you'd see that all the time. Like that basically a defense would let another team score so the, the offense had a chance to come back out and either get ahead or just try to find a way of tying it up. And that's what this reminds me of. Like we're getting to a point where it's – I mean, think about what John Harbaugh said. He's talking about the response of what his opponent's going to do. And he's like, well, at worst, they'll score a touchdown and we go into overtime. Like, he's already playing that scenario out. I, I just I think it's kind of interesting. That, that
4: they could beat him. Or, I mean, yeah. that they could score.
5: Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's interesting that, like, there was probably a conversation that was had, and someone was telling somebody, hey, let him score, let him score, let our offense get back out there and have a chance to win it or tie this thing up. Because as it's going right now, we're just dying a slow death.
4: Yeah.
3: I mean, wouldn't you, like, in those conditions, wouldn't you just want to take the points, though? I mean, like all else fails, just take the points. You're up three. I understand the defense hasn't been that great, but it's not like, you know, I mean, Buffalo was moving the ball better in the second half, but it wasn't like, you know, it was the typical Bills up and down the field. We're going to score a bunch of points. I just, in those conditions, I'd rather take the three points and, and, and instead of sitting here going, all right, now we have to get a stop because now the game is on the line and we're going to lose this thing without having an opportunity to, to come back out and try and, you know, get something sure. together. I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I, hindsight's twenty twenty. I just, in that moment, I get the analytics and all that stuff, but I would just rather take the points. Give me the three and let's
5: move on. Here's the part I don't really understand about the analytics. So for a long, long time, coaches have been making decisions where John Harbaugh probably kicks that field goal, and they're, they're not playing the analytics card of saying, well, we wanted to go for a fourth and two there because if we score a touchdown, we feel like our win probability is better. That's what the analytics tell us. That's what my guts tell me, whatever. A lot of coaches haven't coached that way. I mean, John Harbaugh has been one of the more aggressive on fourth down in the past five years or so than anyone. But, like, when you start trying to compile all this data to help make you make an informed decision on what, what, what the numbers and what the analytics are telling you, the problem is, is we haven't been in this aggressive era of teams going forward on fourth down in those scenarios. So you're, you're looking at the data, but the data is skewed because we've had a lot more conservative head coaching decisions Probably over the past thirty years or twenty years, and these situations don't present present themselves that much, where you'd have a ton of data on it. I mean, we're early in this season, so if you're basing any numbers off this season, it's pretty early to make that decision. I just I think it always comes down to you know what the coach sees, and that X factor of what his guts telling him. And and in this instance, I just I don't know. I I, mean, I think taking the points there, at least you're you're up three. You feel like maybe that plays a factor into how Buffalo is going to play? Because if I'm a team that's down by a touchdown, like he's right, I'm going to use all four downs to try to go and score and tie this up and go into overtime. But if I only need three points, it's going to change the way how I'm playing. I'm not in desperation mode. I can be in a two-minute drive where I say, well, I don't need to heave this ball downfield and, and hope and pray. I, I just need to get it far enough down there to be in field goal range to give us a shot at prolonging this game and going. So I think that's the other part of it is you hear John Harbaugh talk about his decision and what he was thinking, but he's not factoring into how Buffalo's thinking once they're down by three and they've got to have a two-minute drive to try to go down at least tie the game, if not try to go score.
4: I just think, again, two yards. If if you do a bootleg rollout with, with Lamar Jackson, like a naked bootleg QB keeper, whatever it may be, I think people give you a hard time. I just don't think you get as much of a hard time. Honestly, like, I just think the fact that you ran a play-action pass. Was it a play-action pass? I think it was a play-action pass. Um, it, just, it just seemed as though right side, play-action pass, corner of the end zone. That's like, that's predictable, I just – I just, and, and you know what? If you're going to predict that Lamar Jackson is going to run, I'm okay with that prediction. Stop it. If it's Lamar Jackson, stop it. Like, to me, I thought the play calling is what made it a bad deal. Like, analytics, their defense, not a lot of points, weather, all those things. I get all of those. I get all of that. If you're going to go for it, you're going to go for it. I get it. Like, that's fine like let's go get this touchdown. You're on the 2-yard line. You're an AFC North team. Go go bang that ball in. But if you're going to do it the way that they did it, I just think that you just went out in a soft manner. Like you're trying to pass the ball in which in some cases I guess you would say the analytics would say Lamar's going to try to run the ball into the end zone. So like let's make sure we're playing Lamar I, I just think if you're going to go for it, you, you keep the ball in your best player's hands, and, and he's the one that generally is able to find his way into to an end zone. Why, why wouldn't you just call a play that gives him the ability to run the ball in? Hell, two yards, honker down, get behind the, the, the center, let somebody push you in. It's two yards. It's two yards. And I know they, that Buffalo has a good defense, they have a stout defense, but it's two yards. I mean I think what's even more alarming is the fact that they allowed buffalo to come back in the in the first place if 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 I'm being honest I mean you know Baltimore had the opportunity to to really control the game and and win the game, and they gave that away to begin with. They really shouldn't have been in the, in the position where they had to try to get a touchdown or get three points at that point well, in the game anyway.
5: Well, let me throw this out like this this whole decision came with four minutes left in the game, a little over that and you had two timeouts still the two minute warning I mean it's why I've kind of said like look can we can we just, like, not – at some point, you got to put on the defense to get a stop at some point. Yeah.
3: Their defense like, I, has not I, been good.
5: No, it hasn't been. And, and, and in that instance, like, you got a tie ball game at home, four minutes left. I, I mean, get off the field at some point. Get off you the know? field. You know, force them to do something. They, the Bills took that ball with three stoppages of time that Baltimore had at their disposal and just drove the ball down the field. And so, like – you know, I looked, and, and I, I'm with Lavar. It was a drop-back pass, and, and Lavar scrambled around a little bit uh, or Lamar scrambled around a little bit to make it play, which a fourth down, I always say this. People will be like, oh, it looked like a bad throw. What was, it's like, dude, you got to throw it up. It's a turnover down anyway. There's a lot of fans who watch that situation. Like, what, what kind of throw was that? Dude, it's fourth down. Like, you've you got to give your guys a chance. No one cares if you throw a pick there. So I, I'm with you. I, I would have liked to see something else a little more creative. Uh, but
3: they that drive for Baltimore was 14 plays 93 yards it ate up nine and a half minutes o'clock and they came up
4: empty-handed so why would you not <laughs> think that you're going to get it on that fourth down <laughs> I if didn't. you drove it like well, that it, it's
3: know? also you remember last year John Harbaugh got some criticism because they went for it on two a couple I think it was like twice they went for a two-point conversion in games that they ended up losing and it was like, well, you know, I trust my guys. I, you know, I would do it all over again. So he's on a nice little uh, stretch of, I think, three in a row from two yards out trying to uh, win games or ice games and it not working out for him. So uh, Baltimore falls, uh, they come up short. Uh, they're now uh, winless at home on the season. But that's a massive win for the Bills because, like I said, they did not look good. I don't know if they were still, uh, you know, wearing it from, uh, from their time in Miami and how exhausted they were and how that game ended. But if you're the Buffalo Bills, that's a huge
4: win. It especially. was massive it was a massive loss too. It was both. Yeah. It was going to be a massive win and a massive loss for for either team. Whoever came out on top, whoever came out on the bottom. Yeah.
3: It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. We are brought to you by NHTSA. Any first responder will tell you, never try to beat a train. After breaking, it can take a mile for a train to completely stop. So when you come to a rail crossing, stop because trains can. Uh, coming up next here from the TireRack.com studios, we're going to have a discussion about one team that won on Sunday the problem is there's now questions about what they'll do moving forward in the season. We'll get into that discussion for you right here on FSR.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app as we come to you live here from the TireRack.com studios. Coming up a little over 20 minutes from now, we're going to have ourselves another IR as we report any injuries, issues, ailments from a busy weekend around the world of sports and beyond. So that will be yours here on Fox Sports Radio. And welcome <sighs> to the Fox Sports Radio tailgate presented by the big Green Egg, nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a Big Green Egg. It's the most versatile grill you'll ever own, backed by a lifetime warranty. Roll with the best. Shop online for free delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. Lifetime warranty, free home delivery. BigGreenEgg.com. So, uh, if you're, if you're a uh, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, how you feeling after that game yesterday? Because woof. That was a little dicey there. That was uh, a little, a little too close for comfort. If you are the Green Bay Packers uh, going into overtime with the team on their third string quarterback uh, Bailey Zappy, uh, who was uh, didn't didn't play horribly, but you know it. Uh, he, made
5: some, he made some big throws from time to time.
3: Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, come on. He, he got cracked on that on that sack. He didn't see. He uh, lost yeah. the ball on. He uh, yeah, well, he got smoked there a little bit. But um, yeah. that's uh what do you, what do we make of Rodgers at this point in the season? The way the offense has played, the way he's played, this is now a couple of weeks in a row we've seen them struggle at times. Uh, he threw a pick six. I think it's just the fourth pick six, his fourth it, pick six in his career. Just didn't look at career all right, at home yeah, or just in general, maybe something like know, that.
5: Yeah, I I, I can tell you this much. I think their offense. You know, you, you play four games into the season, you start to figure out who you are. And I think their offense has been one in which they can run the football. You know, they got two great backs uh, in in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. They're a nice contrast to one another. Their O line's solid. Off of that, I think you've got Tunyon and you've got Alan Lazard a little bit too in the passing game on some play action. And those are the guys he he relies on. Randall Cobb, too. Those are the three guys that I, I personally feel Aaron Rodgers feels confident in. And he will take chances or throw those balls in the tight windows. I think Dobbs is coming along. And, and he might be the, the one that it will build that trust as the season goes on. And he's got to lead speed and that helps. The Watson picks the one that just has not come along. He's still not, you know, as talented as that young man is, he has not earned Rodgers' trust yet. And you can tell watching it. So that, that's, where, that's where I think they are. I, just, I think they're an offense that their offensive lines uh, had their issues up front. I think they're, you know, Bakhtiari's back. They're starting to get healthier. But he does not trust the younger wide receivers and, and enough to really have what he's had in the past. I think that's going to be a work in progress this season until maybe the second half of the year. But, you know, the, the thing that is going to hold them back is the thing that's continued to hold them back. They can't stop the run. When teams want to run on them, they can run on them. And that's what's going to hurt, you know, time of possession, keeping the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. But I, th- I think the thing where I got wrong with the Packers this year is I thought this was going to be a really, really good defense, and they have some really good players, but they are not playing like one of the top defenses in the NFL. At least not what I think they're capable of. Yeah, and twenty-four points isn't—that's not a crazy amount
4: to, you know, to give up. But I, I think the biggest losers here—and I put plural—is Devontae. Well, technically, Adams. they only gave
5: up seventeen.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Te- right. Exactly. And, and listen. Devonte Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Devonte's decision to to move on impacted not only his career, it's it's impacting the the Packers season. And 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 like you said mentioning that trust like your main targets being L- Lazard and and Randall Cobb, I mean that's <laughs> that's not a that's not a number 1. We didn't name a number you didn't name a number 1 receiver. Yeah you know so you're talking about Aaron Rodgers is trying to navigate an NFL season without having uh, an established number 1 and and you see what Devontae's going through where he's at i mean you know finally they get a win but i mean it hasn't been it hasn't been pretty for him in, in Las Vegas say i got it right there yeah um <laughs> i just I, I i don't i i i find this Green Bay team to be somewhat of of a riddle somewhat somewhat of like there could be good in there like there there could be that Super Bowl run Green Bay team there but they could be they could also be that team that that kind of is just a a, uh, I mean (laughs) I, I lose, loses in, the, in the. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to go as far home. as saying a losing, a losing team because I still I think that the the North is is weak enough for them to still come out of it as the winner, but I just don't know how competitive I see them being in the playoffs, and and that's kind of like it's like a conundrum. Like like you got one of the greatest greatest players you know he's still playing at a high level you have a running game and you have some guys on defense like you know the Rashad berries and and those those like you got some real game breakers on that side of the ball but they're not living up to what they need to live up to do they change it like do does does it change do they get better as the season goes you would like to believe so green bay historically gets better as the season goes i'm not i'm not losing I'm not losing, um, I guess, hope on my my bet. I did say that Green Bay would go play the Ravens. I believe and the Ravens will win. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not looking good in what my prediction was, but I, I I just I find them to be a team that they could actually find a stride and be really really good, or they could be that team that really continues to. Struggle because they're trying to find their way in terms of what the identity of, what the new identity of what their offense is going to be with some of the the, the new, you know, guys that are playing with some of the older guys that are playing. Uh,
3: let me ask you guys this: outside of Philadelphia in the NFC, who are you really confident in? Because I'm having a hard time finding anybody outside of Philadelphia. I mean, you can go up and down Tampa Bay. I mean, we have no idea what the hell. I mean, Tampa Bay ran for three uh, yards last night.
5: Three yeah, yards. I, 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 I don't know that they thought they were going to go out there and run the football. Plus, they got down early. I mean, when you get down like that, you're probably getting out of that mode of trying to run the football anyway. But I, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still higher on Tampa. Like, that defense, to me, as good as Kansas City was last night and the numbers they put up. That's one of what two teams who could do that to you? I think them and Buffalo. Yeah, like I, I would I would say are, are able to offensively do that to you. Maybe throw Philly in that conversation, but I, I don't know. I, I just I think that's a good football team, and, and you have to you can tend to forget that that was the first time, if I'm not mistaken, that all three Godwin, Evans, and Julio Jones have been out there on the field together, right?
3: Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah,
5: their yeah. offensive line's been banged up. The, the, you know, Donovan Smith missed some time. He, he came back. I mean, it's just. They, they've they've been dealing with some of that stuff. They lose Cameron Breat, you know, after he gets hit in the head. I just that's still a good football team. I know it's, I know was, it looked bad, but still, they, they, they can compete.
4: You all know what's crazy about that is we just spent that amount of time because how many other NFC teams are we going to go to?
5: Yeah, you but look I mean? at the, look at recent Super Bowls. Like we could talk about that because the AFC looks stronger right now. Oh, I don't 100%. know that anyone would disagree with that. No. But we get to the postseason, and it ends up being an NFC team that, I mean, you saw Tampa beat Kansas City, what, a couple of years ago during that the COVID year. Um, last year was the Rams, obviously. The year before that, I'm trying to think. But I, it's almost like the AFC beats, beats, yeah, beats, the beats each the other before. up. Yeah,
3: Chiefs over the Niners. You know, but, it was all Jimmy Garoppolo. And the so
4: Niners had yeah. that game. They, the Niners More. had that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
3: that but game I was that. Uh, they were looking good. But yeah, no, yeah. I yeah, the AFC significantly from top to bottom is a much better conference. But you know, we'll see uh, see how that who comes out of that and and whether if you're stacking right now, if somebody tells you you got to pick your top three teams in the AFC, Kansas City won.
5: I think so. Yeah, I mean, the I the way too. they've looked so far. I mean, they've been Buffalo right there. They're kind of one of them in Buffalo. Yeah.
3: It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here on FSR. We are going to have an FSR IR coming up uh, in about uh, 10 to 12 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, can the Saints catch any sort of a break against the Minnesota Vikings at any point in the history of their franchise? When is that going to be possible? Whether it's the Minneapolis miracle, whether it's the the quote-unquote push-off of Kyle Rudolph in a playoff game, and then that game yesterday, which is absolutely fantastic, that game yesterday. But my God, man, that is it. What a brutal way to lose. I mean, it literally. It if if that ball, like a gust of wind, anything that ball goes in. If it bounces, just a, a fraction of an inch the other way, and and yet here we are. The New Orleans Saints are looking around, going, "What the f, man?" Andy Dalton out there, wheeling and dealing. Mm. Kirk Cousins.
4: It's a shame. Mm. Jet fly, yeah. jet jet plane flying. Rolex watch wearing. Kiss stealing. wheeling wheel, dealing. Wheeling dealing. <laughs> Son of a gun. Um, and I'm having a hard time keeping my feet down.
3: <laughs> I didn't know you were a Ric Flair guy. Um, so uh, you want to hear somebody take responsibility for the Cleveland Browns, Brady's Cleveland Browns, yeah. uh, who now have found themselves losers in two games that they absolutely shouldn't have been losers on to in. to the
4: birds, on to the Falcons.
3: Oh, man. Uh, so the, uh, this is the Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski, afterwards.
5: Okay, obviously very, very disappointing okay. uh, to come down here, not come away with a victory, and that's uh, that's the frustrating part. Uh, you know, I need to own uh, a large part of that. Just we got to come away with points down there in the red zone, especially early. One for three in the red zone is not good enough. You know, there's just a, a lot of things that uh, you wish you could take back, but woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's uh, we're a two and two football team.
3: And so they're a two and two football team who needs every win they can get desperately. And you can argue, and we made this point after they blew that game against the Jets. I mean potentially an undefeated team right here yet they yeah. lose again at yeah. this time to the Falcons uh who's I don't even I have no idea how the Falcons are two and two I have no clue like somebody's got to explain that to me but nonetheless your Cleveland Browns uh, a disappointing performance yesterday in the ATL Brady No clean.
5: and 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 I think he's kind of talking about this most recent game the, the Jets game we talked about the whole Nick Chubb scenario if he just goes down you know Flacco's not able to lead them back and and really not giving them an opportunity they run the clock out game over and supposedly, he no one had said anything to him about getting down. And meanwhile, we watched the Buffalo Bills orchestrate a perfect final drive and clock management in the final seconds. So, you know, Kevin Stefanski, I think, has done a pretty good job navigating what has been a lot of chaos in Cleveland um, between, you know, Baker Mayfield and their success uh, going to a playoffs and... Last year, dealing with the injuries and everything else, trying to help keep that team together. Um, and, and then you look at this year and bring on Deshaun Watts and everything else that's come along with that. I think he's managed a lot of stuff on the outside pretty well, considering not many people get put in that situation. But now it's the on field management, and that's what's been lacking. And it's been a bit of a surprise because I don't think it's been an issue in the past, and it seems to be creeping up now. And so I'm not sure if he's, um, you know, it, it's, it's more about him having. Hesitation with some of his coaching decisions and game management decisions, due to Jacoby Brissett being out there, or you know, however they're looking at it. But this this is a Browns team that if they want to have any shot at making the playoffs when Deshaun Watson gets back, they've got to figure out how to close out some games and then win some of these tight games, and they just have not.
4: I just think that that's the biggest. <sighs> I don't want to say comedy or travesty. I just think that that the biggest mistake that people will make that are investing in Cleveland is that Deshaun Watson is going to be the savior of this team when he gets back. I think that's it's a misconception. I think that it is a a misguided feeling to think that all they have to do is just survive long enough until Deshaun gets back. Again, mind you or be reminded he hasn't played in in a really really long time for one but for two when he was playing they weren't winning like you know and I know you know Bill O'Brien detonated the team I get that and maybe that's a large part of why Deshaun struggled but Uh, This Cleveland team has not been an overachieving team that's bringing Deshaun Watson in to get them back to overachieving. They had one playoff run year. Other than that, I mean, they've been a pretty, pretty, you know, mid-range team to to lower than mid-range. So to me, to think that, all right, Cleveland has to survive. Jacoby Brissett has to get them to when Deshaun gets back. I think people are being set up for a tremendous letdown. I mean, it could go the opposite direction, and and I've obviously have been known to be wrong at times. But I I just think that that's misguided um, hope or belief to think that, well, all they got to do is make sure that they can try to put themselves in position where they're in playoff contention – so when Deshaun Watson gets back, that he can bring it home. Like I don't know that people are going to be as, as happy as they think they are when the baton gets handed off to him to, to bring in the anchor of, of what, what is the relay of this, this Cleveland Brown season.
3: It's uh, Two Pros and a Cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here from the TireRack.com studios. Coming up next, it is the FSRIR. We report any issues, injuries, ailments. It's all yours right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
3: TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
4: Yeah. Not your born killers. Very cool song. Yeah. This is a weightlifting song, even though it's rap. Oh, yeah, big time. North Hills, Berto, Berto be loving them West Coast songs, boy. He be <laughs> playing them way. He go hard on the West Coast. Yeah, I, don't, I don't hear him play very many East Coast type bangers. I don't hear Wu Tang playing no, often or Mob Deep side. or, yeah, you know what I mean? Big L, you know, totally. Heavy D, you know. Yeah.
3: It's cool. Yeah. Hey, listen. Throw them up, Berto throwing, <laughs> and he just did. Uh, Berto, so
4: keeps it, Berto keeps it to the pop-blocking root. Yeah. It's all good. I it, like it.
3: It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. You know what I like? I like DraftKings.
4: Yeah, DraftKings Sportsbook
3: is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code 2PROS for a special offer when you sign up. That's code 2PROS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs>
0: After your sports weekend, happens. So it's time to get the FSR IR report.
3: All right, who wants to report any issues, injuries, ailments over a long weekend?
0: Oh, man, I I didn't have any, but a
5: lady behind me had to run and throw up uh, in the bathroom. As we're taxing to our gate. Yeah, she, like, ran up. The flight attendant tried to stop still, her. Like, what are you doing? Still connected
4: to a flight. You, flight Chronicles of Q. That should be Bro, a movie. it yeah. is
5: crazy. It is crazy. I mean, is she... she drinking? She, uh, it didn't appear so. And it, was, it wasn't that long of a flight. It was, like, an hour and 20-minute flight. So, uh, it didn't appear there was that. She, she legitimately seemed sick. And uh, we actually had to sit on the runway because our flight attendant was like, we, we can't move the aircraft until she gets back in her seat. Uh. So... We were all sitting there just hearing this. Oh, my God. Oh,
4: God. Oh, God. Oh,
5: God. Oh, yeah, my that was kind of how we were like, okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Have you guys ever got sick on a plane before? Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. Have you? Yeah, I, I I've got... never. I've never.
5: Well, it was because of
3: booze. I got annihilated at Mandalay Bay drinking, like, uh, energy drinks and vodka because I thought that was a good idea. And my buddy and I were just pounding these things. And then I got on the flight, and I literally had to puke into the barf bag, that little white bag in front of you. Oh, wow. I, i I was absolutely obliterated and i just remember like i I, f- I forget who drove home or whatever but like i had to leave the the window down like it, it lasted through the flight it's only like a 45 minute flight from vegas to burbank but it lasted through the flight all the way on the, on the drive home yeah not smart Last time oh, I ever had those.
5: That, yeah. I, I've actually never met anyone who uses those white bags.
3: Yeah. yeah so, how to hold
5: it. up? That it actually, because it doesn't seem like it'd hold up if someone puked in yeah, it. Yeah,
3: no, it was great. You know, like if, oh. if you take like a, a bag lunch to school, like you're kind of rolling the dice back in the day, it's like if you know, if there was like an ecto cooler in the bottom, it could blow yeah, through the bottom it, like, of it. Yeah, it right through. Yeah. No issues. I mean, this oh. thing, uh, you know, built to last these things. So, next time you see a barf bag on a plane, just know that's the real deal right there. Hmm. I had a buddy
5: We were walking through uh, The Vegas airport Had a fun weekend He had a little too much fun (laughs) Literally as we're walking To our gate They have those trash cans Like in the center He just just Steps over and Starts (laughs) puking People are walking by Not even sitting It's like Oh it's just a Wednesday Here in Las Vegas This is how this works
3: (sighs) Yeah, hmm. no, no problems whatsoever. Uh, yeah. You guys remember how we were, uh, you know, kind of making some jokes about uh, the, the zits Carson Wentz had on Ugh. the back of his neck. Ugh. You know, the, like the like that was like you know we we're just Who busting Who could forget his that? Okay. Well, so I think uh, busting something. So I think there's a little bit of karma that has now uh, popped back up because my ankles, and I've talked about this before. like, it, it looks like the back of his neck. Because I have Ooh. been I have been attacked getting bit up. mosquitoes. The mosquito problem in Southern California is so bad. It's and, real. And then you find out that the reason they're reasons, aggressive. Yeah, and they're like during the day mosquitoes. They're not waiting till the evening time during the day and they just jump all over you. I guess they came over in a shipping container from, from Asia. Like, these mosquitoes came over, and now they've infiltrated Southern California. My my ankles are destroyed. I mean, mm. from knee all the way down to feet, I've got—it uh, looks like I've got, right, like, so leprosy.
5: Y- you guys are blaming Asia for this? What happened? Don't there? say you guys. I did not
4: oh, say sorry. that. I, just, I, I, I said like aggressive Asia? mosquitoes. I did. I did. Racist. Yeah, that was me right here. That's a fact. Well, you look these up. mosquitoes are aggressive. Where they came from, <laughs> I do not know. I thought, I thought your all's
5: ports were, like, all delayed and stuff, I mean, so what, they were just chilling out there at sea for a while and just came over? They, yeah. Them
4: mosquitoes is up in them shipping containers like, yeah. yeah. Can't wait to get some American, mate. Hey, by yeah, the way, we get, 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 some of it, that, get, get back and get some of that Jonas Knox American, yeah. mate. Yeah. yeah. Throw them up. Yeah. Throw them up
0: the hooks, mosquitoes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Terms and conditions apply.
1: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Keebie Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality.